You're listening to Rocks Across the Pond, the curling podcast that goes around the globe looking for the best stories in the world's coolest sport. We have curling news and views for everyone, whether you're playing in your Thursday league or following your favorite teams on tour. Now here are your hosts, Ryan McGee and our professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. How are you guys feeling? You doing okay? All right. Yeah, a bit bored. Yeah, bored. A bit bored. <laughs> I think more a bit annoyed, obviously. Yeah, that's, that is the main feeling. Disappointed, annoyed. Go ahead, Felix. It's because the the event's been cancelled, which we get. It's not like we're annoyed with that. It's just the fact that we came out here, played potentially got to the quarters and then to have it cancelled that's annoying let's go ahead and tell everyone who who you are who you guys are so we are are joined not only by our usual co-host jonathan havercroft but his the team that he coaches team england at the world junior bees we have uh the person you just heard felix price as well as joe sugden archer woods and harry pinnell uh, guys, thanks for thanks for coming on. And I'm sorry that how did how 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 badly did I butcher Pinnell? You guys are nodding at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Pinnell, but close. Pinnell, all right, fine. All right, <laughs> Harry Pinnell. Sorry, I didn't realize that uh, that sounded that sounded way too American. I figured Pinnell would be the Eng- the proper English uh, <laughs> pronunciation. Um, but yeah, the what who you just heard is Felix, and unfortunately, the World Junior Bees there in Kisikalio, uh, Finland, has been canceled. Uh, you guys did get all of your all of your uh, round robin games in before before uh, it got canceled. Can you? I guess let's start from the beginning. So this this event has been canceled due to, unfortunately, uh, a very scary outbreak of COVID nineteen there in the bubble. Um, I guess let's start at the beginning. What did you guys have to go through before you came to Finland? What did you have to, to turn into the World Curling Federation? How many times were you tested uh, prior to entering the bubble there in Finland? What did you? Uh, so we, we all have to be vaccinated and then have to do like lots of forms and stuff saying what we'd have and all that kind of stuff. And we had to do a um, what was it? Archer's an anti-vaxxer, so we had to do a few more tests. And I had to do one extra <laughs> test. I'm not an, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I just didn't have it in time. So I, could do one on, I had to go on Boxing Day to uh, get a test, an extra test as, as well as the other one. Um, but... All right, and that is, that's Archer Woods uh, from, from Team England. Um, okay, so, so two tests in Archer. You had to do three tests. Prior no, to, I had to do two, and the other guys had to do one. Okay, and then you were tested again once you got to Finland. Yeah, to run to the event, we had to do a lateral flow. Yeah. Okay, so once things got underway, when did when did you start hearing that there were positive tests in the bubble? Obviously, there was one team that uh, never got to play. That was Hungary, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think we, we heard about Hungary on like day two. Okay. Um, and then once they tested positive, it's like we had to then start testing pretty much daily. Um, and then obviously once the daily test came in, it kind of just caught people more and more. So I think it was like Hungary, then Chinese Taipei, 
then Slovenia, and then Spain. Then Spain. Spain. <laughs> then it was. Then it kind of just snowballed. Um, it all those all those teams were in the same pool, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, do you yeah. think? Um, I mean, obviously, this is opinion, not fact. But do you think that it was spread uh, during games when when those teams were playing each other? I don't know because I mean, Hungary they can't have really contacted anyone. Well, they didn't play a game, so it's yeah. not going to be during the games and also during like in people's rooms and stuff in like the uh, I don't know what's called like the like you're sharing the, the same like kind of bit. it's like a buffet sharing the same. Like eating areas, sharing the same accommodation. Like you can't fully avoid everyone. Yeah. How much? How much mixing of the teams were there? I mean, not as much as previous years. Like, not at all. Like, it, it seems quite like everyone's isolating themselves a bit. There, there were teams mixing, but not. Some teams were keeping themselves themselves. Some people were mixing a bit. Some people weren't. What about masking? Were there masks worn on the ice? We did today. So we all had to wear a N95 type mask today. And then some some teams are better than others at wearing them. As <laughs> uh, one team I won't mention by name, but yeah, they don't seem to be fond of masking up. <laughs> um, is that just in general or just on the ice? A bit of both. Oh, really? okay. So we're, we're, but so there was no mask mandate for off the ice. Off ice, uh, I was saying, um, if you're around a team, close contact for 15 minutes, you have to wear a mask or else you're classed as a close, close contact. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like when you when you went to eat or when you went into the the arena itself, you had to wear a mask. But for actually playing, you didn't have to wear one. And then, like within your accommodation. There wasn't really any rules on on having to wear a mask. It was kind of just up as a personal choice. Okay, but it's not yeah, but it's not like other teams were coming to hang out with y'all in your rooms. Like the only time no. you saw other teams were when you were playing or when you were getting food, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for us. Okay, Jonathan, you are um, you're kind of the person that we go to for bureaucracy. Um, what uh, <laughs> can you? Just, just give us a rundown of the rules um, and what what teams were supposed to be doing and what had to get turned in prior to the event. Um, so prior to the event, you everyone had to submit um, a vaccine record. Then you had the, I don't know if the U.S. has this, but in in Europe you have something called your vaccination passport, which is like mm-hmm. a QR code that's issued by your government. And so if you had that, you had to upload that too. Uh, Everyone had to do uh, like a te- not a home test lateral flow. You had to go to a kind of a private company and have like a properly mm-hmm. administered lateral flow 48 hours before you flew. And then you had to upload those documents. Um, and you had to do that to check into the airlines also. Um, and to be honest, I thought it was pretty tight. Like we literally came out of the gate at at the airport in Helsinki and Yuri Schnittel, who's like the, the technical director and like kind of mm-hmm. the manager for the event, he was right there. And he's like, you go on the bus. Like there was not even like in previous years, they normally have stop at the airport and buy stuff at the grocery store and stuff. They're like, Nope, you're on the bus. Everyone was just on the mm-hmm. bus. And then they were like, you got to sit with your team in separate areas. So the bus was like, I'd say what a third capacity guys. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, even, yeah. Maybe not even that. Not even. 
Yeah, three and teams. so and everyone was spaced out. Yeah, three teams, three teams, and I think a couple of umpires. I don't like, I don't like a full coach. Uh, and we, they drove us about forty minutes from Helsinki Airport to this place. Um, I think for people who don't know, I kind I know Ryan's heard me rant about here. It's it's actually very beautiful, but it's basically a camp out in the woods, and it's like a set of um, like like university style accommodation, I'd say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, yeah. and there's like a large common building where there's a lot of sports hall. And in previous years, that would be kind of the common mingling area. We weren't allowed in the main building at all. They just had us. You were in your room at the rink where they set up a separate like clubhouse down by the lake, and that's where we did our, our meals, kind of buffet style. And so basically, there was no mingling of anyone outside the the curlers. So I thought it was a fairly tight bubble. I mean, I'm not sure. I think the only thing they could have possibly done differently, but I just don't think it's realistic would have been to have like quarantining for several days beforehand. But mm-hmm. um, like we are, we already, we have like no budget. And I think that's the case for yeah. a lot of the, the countries playing here. So it's not like, not like the world bubble where a lot of those teams have enough funding to just sit in a hotel for four or five days as they go through kind of multiple rounds of testing. Yeah, if you've listened to this show regularly, you've heard me joke, well, if there's one place in the world that you could do a curling bubble, it's in Loya, Finland. And it's because it's, you know, it's basically a sports academy that they've put in the middle of nowhere in Finland. So if you're an American listener, think of IMG Academy, the big, uh, basically almost sports only high school that's in Florida. But picture IMG Academy if instead of in Florida, they put it in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming. And that's basically where Team England is talking to us from right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, b- very, very basic barrack style accommodations with uh, a bunch of places to play sports. Except we're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah, except now you're no longer allowed to even play sports. You're just staying in your rooms and occasionally going to get food, which I'm very sorry, guys. Um <laughs> I mean, what, what's, what's kind of the emotions right now? You did get a chance to play some games. And obviously, I think for a couple of you, this was your last kick at the can, right? You're about to age out. A couple of you are about to age out of juniors, Felix. I think you're one of them. Yeah, so it's me and Archer, we're going to age out. So this was our last chance really to go to A's. And that was our ultimate goal of, of this competition. I think I, I know there was some there was some technicalities with like, cause obviously different teams are disqualified and it came down to like draw shot. I, I think we had a good a good chance uh, to at least get into the quarters and uh I don't know it was it was it was quite sudden it was like we, we we finished our game we came back we were chilling Joe and Archer went for a walk and then they came back 10 minutes later and they're like the whole thing's cancelled so it was quite sudden um and again it's not like I, I I think we're all happy with how we've played and happy that we at least got to play some games um and we're just frustrated that that it had to kind of end this way, not with us at least, you know, trying for it in a game and losing. This this can be a question for Jonathan or it can be a question for one of one of the players. Do you, did the timing of the spike in cases because of Omicron make it more difficult to maybe postpone this event? And would it have been better if uh, if the event had been postponed? Go ahead, uh, Harry. You've got your hand raised. <laughs> I think me, me and Jonathan were saying like we honestly thought until we're on the plane it wasn't going to go ahead at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so even it, even us being here was more of a surprise than than I thought. 
I'd, 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 it was a case of if not now, then when, I think, for, yeah. for a, a qualification competition. Because they can cancel World Bs and World Qualification. That's not cancelled yet, but that's here in two and a, two and a half, three weeks. So I, I, I think it's easy to pull the plug on these qualification events. But then I don't know if that the repercussions of that having on the the countries, you know, the lesser curling countries, if it takes the wind out of their sails a bit or, you know, makes them want to play a bit less or not. Yeah, and that's that honestly, that right there is a conversation Jonathan and I have had on this show before is yeah, it is these events that are the ones getting canceled. Um, so I, I mean, I do commend World Curling for attempting to run this event because, as you just said, if your last two years worth of chances to make the World Junior A's get canceled because of COVID, you know that probably makes it less likely for you guys to keep curling um, later in your lives. And we may lose you guys to the sport. And that's not what we want. We want your generation to continue to curl and, you know, be, be the older guys like me and Jonathan yelling at the kids here in uh, 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) So how does, I mean, how does this whole, how does this whole situation in this whole last two years kind of affected, I don't know, your, your relationship with curling? I mean, it's been difficult as well because we've we've been living quite far apart from each other, so it has been hard to like train together and and practice, and obviously different access to ice due to COVID and being separate. But I think I, I mean I think we've done quite well, and we're all quite happy with how we performed this week. I mean, don't know what other people have to say. Yeah, I think it's quite quite a tough season, kind of train trying to train together, play events, and quite happy kind of how we played. Right. in the circumstances. And that was Joe Sugden and Archer Woods that you uh, just heard from. Um, guys, I guess take me through, you know, is there, was there any avoiding uh, what happened here? I mean, did it, it seems like with Omicron and how contagious it is, it seems like unless you do kind of what Jonathan was talking about with like a full quarantine prior to playing that, eventually the thing is going to get into whatever bubble you're trying to create. I think kind of some people were maybe a bit less uh, careful with the whole thing, which has maybe affected other people. Could masking on the ice have uh, helped with that? I don't think it was that. I think it was more um, like... In, in the accommodation and stuff, there was quite a lot of mixing. Hmm. But like, not everyone was doing it, but there were people doing it. And then when people get ill, they didn't kind of tell the right people about it, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I also think from, just so we're very, very clear, from the WCF <laughs> side, they did everything very well. Right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not on them. I, I think it was just, I mean you can be as careful as you want and it can still happen. Um, obviously not having the quarantine period before doesn't help, but again, you know, that, 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 that's a lot of money and a lot of these teams, including us definitely couldn't afford that. Um, and I think, you know, all it takes is one person to have it or to bring it in. And then it, it can just spread irrespective of if, if how careful you are how, or, or if you're not, not so careful. Um, but in terms of yeah, how the event was ran, 
was brilliant. I think it just came down to, to personal choice, really. Yeah, because when you're you're dealing with the honor system and you're dealing with, I mean, you guys have 19 teams there, so you're dealing with 100 different people. It sometimes only takes one to, to bring down an entire event like this, right? Yeah. But from the WCF side of things, it sounds like there wasn't much that they could have done um, outside of making this, you know, an event that basically it's <laughs> that teams can't afford to go to. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> well, what's what is next for for Team England? I know that a couple of you are are aging out. Uh, are you guys going to keep playing? Uh, we've got the national men's in February. Where we're playing Jonathan, our coach, yeah, <laughs> and his team. And then for me and Joe, you know, we've still we've both still got an eligible year next year. Um. And we're in kind of a limbo stage of whether or not to carry on with juniors or not. Um, but yeah, definitely a discussion to have. Uh, would that just be difficulty finding teammates or is it just kind of getting burned out from the last two years of, of COVID there, Harry? Yeah, I, I think I'm trying to look at it as cost wise. Like obviously we don't have a lot of funding. So if, I feel like I'm playing in a team with a lesser ability mm. and me putting that much financial cost on the line, whether, you know, the potential benefits weigh out over the potential flaws. But I don't know, like, especially ending this way, it's making me want to carry on a, a bit more just because I feel like I've got unfinished business here. Okay. But whether that's with another team that I feel like could achieve that, then I'm not too sure. So I'm it's stuck in a difficult position, really. Right. Um, yeah, this year like kind of felt like our our last kind of big chance to make it up to World Juniors just because we've been playing together for, what, four years now? And, like, we know each other very well. We, we've, like, our abilities have been getting better and better each year. And this just felt like the, the final push and we really had the ability this year to really push through and break through. Like into the semis and finals, hopefully. But yeah, it's going to be hard to do with a new team next year if we do decide to do so. And that has been one of the fun things about doing this show with Jonathan for four years now has been following you guys and seeing you guys get better and better and have, you know, put up better and better results at World Junior Bs. And I was really rooting for you guys to, to, to get to the A's this year. You did mention that you have the chance to uh, play men's later this year. And, you know, if, if Jonathan is your competition, I think that it's going to be, it would be very easy for you guys to be at the very least the second best team uh, in <laughs> yeah. England. We know Jonathan isn't, isn't real competition for you guys. Um, but do you think if you stayed together that you might have a chance to, to represent England at, at Euros uh, relatively soon, considering, you know, you know you're, your second your second toughest men's team right now is I mean it's Jonathan mm. oh, I'd, I'd cool. say so yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not as cavalier as that but uh, <laughs> I think yeah if, if we keep playing together we're definitely in the conversation but I'd say pretty much all of the teams entering the the ECA men's playdowns are in the conversation I think it's a kind of exciting tournament uh, to be in we're not really looking forward to the 10 ends aspect. <laughs> that might be a bit tough. Um, 
but again, you know, if it, if it is Jonathan, obviously he's getting up there in age. Uh, which, which, which we shake off the six. Yeah, shake off the six exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's knocking on senior's door, really. He is. He's close. He is. Pretty soon, pretty soon he'll age out of men's, and or uh, or you guys can just bring him on as your fifth. That's our that's our go to plan. We're going to win the win the men's playdowns and take Jonathan as our alternate. I'll take okay. him if he bankrolls it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just take Greg instead. He's more minted. Greg's got more money than me. <laughs> take Jonathan and then make him throw the late night rocks to uh, to chart rocks for you guys. Yeah, yeah. On, his, on his own, of course. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, you guys did say something that I want to touch on, which is the, the financial impact. Can you give people an idea of what, you know, how much you guys personally as a developing nation that isn't fully funded, you know, some of these, some of these countries, even at the world junior B's are fully funded by their curling federations. You guys are not like, give us an idea of the kind of financial investment you personally are having to put in to, to play in these events. I think since September, so we did three practice competitions and then this world's it's at least, it's definitely over a thousand pounds each of our own money. I mean, yeah. luckily, we did get a £1,000 sponsorship from Queen's Ice Rink in London. Um, I, I really think without that, as me personally, I really don't know how I would have managed to scrape the curling money together this year because me and Joe are both uni students and you know, money's very short. Yeah, luckily, we have had support from like, so Queen's in London. We've got the Flower Bowl who provide us with ice for training. Then we, we get equipment from Endgame. Um, so we, we have had support, which really does help. But um, yeah, it's still not cheap. Yeah. yeah. So at, out of out of pocket, you're looking at a thousand pounds, which is about fourteen hundred dollars US, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, because that, that 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 goes towards so much. I mean, it, it, it's travel to the events. I mean, this year because of COVID, we could only really do events in Scotland. But say, you know, you you, you want to go to somewhere like. Prague, you know, we, we went to Latvia, you know, you, you're looking at the flights, you're looking at the hotels when you're over there, looking at the travel, you know, it, it, all of those kind of stuff, it, it, it does add up. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's a lot to put forward, but you yeah. do it because you really enjoy it, right? So it's, I don't know, it, it, it is kind of worth it, but again, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a lot to put forward for yourself, especially because, you know, we're all like 20 years old, so it's not like we have super fancy, high-paying jobs. Mm. And then Jonathan, is that something that um, you can probably say about you know eighty percent, if not ninety percent, of the teams at the World Junior Bs? Uh, I wouldn't say eighty or ninety percent. I mean, there are some teams with uh, professional full time coaches here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so um, I'd say, I, I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think like we're probably one of the few teams that qualified without a professional support staff of some sort, I'd say. Oh, wow. Um, You know, like like some of the larger federations have, I'd say significantly more funding than the English curling association does. Right. Like uh, when Scottish curling comes, right. What what do they bring? They got like a physio, they've got two coaches. They come a couple of days early. Um, You know, 
it's that's it's a significantly larger delegation, and there's, there's a few. I, I don't I don't want to go through, and I'm not entirely sure if everyone's set up, but like we were definitely the, one of the smaller delegations. Most teams had money for a fifth. We don't carry a fifth because we can't afford it, and we you know mm -hmm. we'd be asking somebody to pay pay a thousand pounds to sit on a bench for six days, seven days, and and maybe throw some rocks at night, you know. Um, we, we did the times we tried rotation didn't work. So we just opted to not do that. Um, it would be great if I could have a second person here just cause there's a lot of logistics stuff, but what we've done in the past few years is kind of share off with the, the coach, the women's team, but, uh, because they set up this year, separate genders to kind of reduce COVID contact. We didn't even have that. So, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of the other federations have a bit more funding than us, but. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> well, it also seems like there were a lot fewer federations there this year to begin with. So some of the ones that just straight up couldn't afford it probably didn't even show up, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think most of the ones that didn't show up, or there, there was basically two groups of ones that didn't show up. So China, Australia, New Zealand, who normally yeah. always come, none of them showed up. And I think that was just basic quarantine rules in their countries. Yep prevented them but there were some other countries like like croatia dropped out of our event right or yeah. somebody dropped out of our event trying yeah, to yeah. yeah so and that that would be a new federation and probably a young team and then they probably just made the call that to, to pay that kind of money to go with given all the restrictions wasn't worth it or whatever right so it's probably normal in a normally there's probably 22 core teams and then a, a few emerging countries kind of come in and put a team in like Finland. Finland didn't put a team in the boys event, did they? And we're in Finland. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's like, <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's how, you know, that there, there were the, that was down, I'd say. Jonathan, how tough has it been even getting getting juniors involved and getting them on the ice the last two years like has you have you seen just a huge decrease in just the number of juniors at a at a small federation like england here in the last two years yeah so we had so for the the eight so we run our championships our junior championships in the spring so that the teams that win can spend the summer and the autumn training for the the junior bees so we'd schedule fundraising too right <laughs> And fundraising and all of that, just because like because the rink in in camp would only open in October, and that was too little turnaround time. So we we moved it to April. So for the April twenty twenty one, we had six teams of each gender entered. So six girls teams, six six boys teams, which is the most we'd ever had. So we we'd actually been seeing steady growth in the the junior program there, and uh, I think we'll be lucky if we get two teams of each gender to sign up. Uh, for the one we'll run in this April, like we're gonna have to scrounge for that. So, guys, what would you say to junior curlers who are starting to feel kind of depressed by the whole thing and have seen two seasons worth of curling thrown away? Oh, this is for Felix, big motivator. All right, Felix, motivate us, <laughs> Motiv motivate the junior curlers of the world. A lot of pressure. Uh, I don't know. I, like stick with it, I guess. I mean, I guess. I guess you know. <laughs> I, uh, you, I, I can give you. You want motivation? Yeah. yeah. Give me motivation. 
Motivate, yeah, motiv- motivate your two teammates that are going to have a chance to maybe play next year and maybe vacillating on whether or not to, to actually stick with it. Motivate motivate Joe and <laughs> Joe and Harry here. All right. Oh, that's weird. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I've got one. When I was 14, I came as alternate. And not to name names, Jonathan sat me on the bench for all seven games, whatever it was. Didn't play a single game for England, but stuck with it. Year after that, got to play. So it's like, you've got loads and loads of time, obviously. Because like, when I first came, I really wanted to play, obviously. Didn't get the chance to. But it's like, I've come here, what, five times since then? So it's like you have you have plenty of opportunity, and, and if you find a team, you stick with it a little bit, you can kind of get some momentum and 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 do well. So I think it's like I don't know, just yeah, stick with it, find a good team, enter as many competitions as you can, and just see where it takes you. I guess enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it. I do think if some juniors around the world must have had to persevere a lot in like these COVID times. And, you know, the skills and the mindset you're learning through that perseverance and that resilience, it's such a good skill that you can translate that onto the ice. Like, it's not wasted time if you're working mentally. And if you put the resilience and, you know, that onto the ice and drive that and have a bit more determination, then you will get results on the ice as well. You just have to be patient and, you know, wait for a bit of time. But don't sit at, like I wouldn't sitting at home and you feel like you're not doing anything for your like curling career or for your team or stuff like that. But you can always work on that side of things and the mental side. You know, getting your resilience up, perseverance and stuff like that. You can tell Harry does psychology. <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly powerful. It's all yeah. mental. Everything's mental. <laughs> Well, guys, thanks for your time. Is I'll I'll let you guys go one by one and tell us, you know, if you have any if you have any final parting thoughts, uh, let us know. Uh, Joe and Archer, you guys want to start? Go on. Um, no, it's quite quite sad. I think for our team being like the last year for me personally with Jonathan, I'm not going to be able to spend two weeks with him. Locked <laughs> away in Finland. Um, yeah, just been really fun playing in this team, and glad we got to play at least a bit this year. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna well after. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been good fun. Like we played together, what four years now? Me and Fitz been together for eight. Our whole junior career with John the whole way. What he was doing with some fourteen-year-old boys, I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's up to him. That's personal choice. Uh, but yeah, thank you, John. I've, I've enjoyed the years. Yeah. And then Harry and Felix, do you guys have any final parting words for us? Yeah, I'm not going to get that soppy because I see them like two times a week anyway. Uh, <laughs> I know, yeah, it, it's been fun. Like, thank you for having us on the podcast as well. Like, we've been asking for like the last three and a half years to get on the podcast. I know I was on, but I did an episode on etiquette, so that was kind of unfair. 
Um, oh yeah, Felix! Congratulations, you were the first three-time guest. Woo! That's huge. Oh yeah, see, you you give the people what they want, which is me. Apparently. That's right. Um, but no, yeah, no. Thank you for for finally letting our team be on the podcast. Um, and yeah, I don't know we're 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 not over. We'll still play together and stuff. So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be fine. Uh, it's a, it's a sad way for the <laughs> event to end. Um, but you know, something that we can't control. And then you just look forward to the next, next thing in our calendar, which is the men's. Um, yeah, just means we're just growing up. (laughs) It's getting old. You can take all that. You can take all that frustration out on Jonathan. All right, guys, thank you so much again. I'm again, um, you know, sorry to you guys that it, that it ended this way. Uh, I am glad that you did get to go and, and actually get to play some games rather than this just getting straight up canceled before you got on the plane. Um, and ho- and stay stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you. Thank you. Oh yeah, Jonathan, do you have any parting thoughts for us? We've been kind of ignoring you this whole time, which has always been my dream on this show mm-hmm. to be able to just ignore you for thirty minutes. I, it's it's good. I think if, I think my goal as a coach is to make myself useless to them, which is I kind of tell them that sometimes they kind of roll their eyes at me, but but honestly, they don't really need me anymore. Like you did need me a lot when you were fourteen, but um, it's been it's been great to coach you and just uh, see you guys guys all kind of grow up together and uh, they kind of share my love of the game with you and. Uh, I am going to well up a bit. I think I actually am like really sad that it ended the way it did because like like we we knew we had to post a good uh, last shot last stone draw this morning. Like we knew that actually mattered more because we we're pretty much locked into third place. And you guys both you you know we got two really good ones from Harry and and Joe that kind of brought our average down. I think would have given us a real chance to qualify, which is step one. And then it would have been great to just see. You know, I, it would have been good to just see, like, at that point, you're just two wins from your goal, which was getting to Worlds, and so you, you never know at that point. So it, it does suck to kind of go out there, do what you set out to do today, and then to have the chance to to reap the rewards from that just snatched away from you like this. But I guess a lot of that's been going on the last couple of years. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thanks yeah. for... Thanks for letting me coach you guys. And I'm sure this will not be the end of any of your curling journeys. You're all incredibly talented incredibly passionate for it you all have a great work ethic i think that'll translate to things beyond curling so that's a really important part of it too yeah i'm getting i'm getting tired of having to tweet out man i'm really gutted for these players like every time something like this happens but i'm 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 glad to hear that i'm glad to hear that the wcf did everything that they could to make sure that this went through it's a very unfortunate situation and i hope everyone i hope everyone that is sick gets healthy and is able to get home relatively soon um and that this uh that we this doesn't spread to even more even more folks so Thank you guys so much for, for joining us and uh, have have a safe trip back home. Brilliant. Cheers, Ryan. Thank you for listening to Rocks Across the Pond, a curling podcast. If you enjoyed this show, we ask you to please leave a review or tell a friend about us. Your referrals to friends and family are the greatest compliment we can receive and is what allows our show to grow and share our love of this great game. You can find all of our past shows and blog posts at rocksacrossthepond.com. 
If you have a question or comment, you can reach us at rocksacrossthepond at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to us, and we will talk to you again real soon.